Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Transformation Gold Podcast. I'm your hostess, Nicole DeVincentis, a.k.a. FigureChick911. Awesome to have you here with us tonight. For those of you who are loyal listeners, I appreciate your follows and the little applause that you leave. It's always so encouraging, and I hope that everything that we talk about adds a tremendous deal of value to your life. And for those of you who are new on this podcast, welcome to you. We are here 100% committed to empowering you with tactics and strategies on how to champion your goals and mostly to shorten that time period in between when you get an idea and when you execute on it. And we say it like this, our goal here is to shorten the time period in between idea inception and execution. Because the worst thing that you could ever do is have a brilliant idea and then sit around and contemplate. How are you going to do this? Who are you going to get? You don't even have anybody. You don't have any time. You don't have enough money. Well, maybe I'll do it after this, this, and this. And maybe after this, this, and this. Or if this, this, and this, then I can possibly do this and this. And that is so not what we stand for here. If you're on this podcast, I guarantee you are a goal-oriented individual. And perhaps you've just reached some sort of a plateau. Perhaps your brain is busy. And you're sitting there and you've got like this Rolodex like flipping inside of your head. Like you can't shut it off. And you're not having any productive results. There's no progress. And you're feeling kind of frustrated. Okay? I get it. Been there. <laughs> Perhaps you're here because you've lost your focus with or without busy brain. You had a target. Your eyes were on the target. And now there's something in the way. Something good, something bad, something that's honestly a waste of your time, but you just like can't freaking help yourself, but pay attention to this thing. It's distracting. Now, not only is the goal falling apart, but you're seeing crumbling in the rest of the parts of your life, which is only serving as like this negative feedback loop. And then you just sit there in the shame cycle, calling yourself all kinds of names. And then you try to force yourself to be focused. And we all know that that doesn't work so well. Because the more you try to force focus, the less focus you actually become. Because what happens when you're trying to improve your focus, focus actually happens when you're in flow. Focus, I think there's two different types of focus, if you will. Okay, so first of all, there's going to be a focus that happens when you are freaked out, when you are so nervous about something, but and you develop like you it's tunnel vision, you can only see, you know, what 18 inches in front of your face. And that's usually associated with the stress cycle. And that is usually associated with survival mode, just staying alive. That's, that's never going to be enough to push you ahead, to get to your next level, to get to your quote unquote, you know, the proverbial promised land that will never be that way because survival mode is just that. You may be working like a dog, but survival mode is basically like treading water. And it, you expend a lot of energy in there 
and you end up so freaking fatigued, but you never make it to shore or across the, the body of water that you're trying to swim. If we're going to be using that analogy, you're just staying in one place, just trying to stay afloat. And the second you stop paddling, you sink or the tide just takes you farther away from where it is that you're trying to, to get to. And that never works well. Does that, does that make sense? Is that where you're at? Then welcome to you. You're at the right place. Or maybe you know somebody who's in that same exact position. You know, we welcome your referral. That's actually the highest compliment that we could ever receive in our academy. I, I, for myself as a coach, that's always been the highest referral. That's the highest compliment is a referral of a, of a friend or a family member. That shows trust. And that is confirmation that this is, this is really where the work is done. This is where we actually make the movement. It's at the core. And so what we do here is we, we attack things from all different angles so that as we turn over these different leaves or these rocks to see like what's underneath it, you're able to go through and self-triage so that you can learn how to do this and then you turn around and you take those same exact skills, those tactics, those strategies, and you teach other people how to do it. Because right now this is what I've noticed, and perhaps you could agree, that we're in the information age where there's tons of information out there, yet we've got a whole grouping of people who are afraid to take any action because they're either all caught up in the scientific beta test, we need to do, you know, proof of concept, and what if this fails, and let's let's make sure that we have everything like best case scenario, and all that happens is just stall and delay of time. Or they've been operating under micromanagement, either of a helicopter parent or a boss, and they're so paranoid to make any moves because they've been told no their whole entire life or people have honestly just handled all their business for them that now they're timid when they have to go out into life. And that, you have to have life skills. So perhaps you're responsible for a grouping of individuals who fall into that subset. That's awesome. You're going to find plenty of value here to be able to turn around and duplicate this out for the people who you lead. Essentially, we're like uh, the Transformation Gold Coaching and Training Academy. Everything rises and falls on leadership in our academy. We are a leadership academy. We, We develop leaders. That's what we do. We develop you and then through you, our teachings extend and they develop other people for good. (laughs) Put that in there, right? Leaders of light. (laughs) But when we're talking about focus, okay, if you or the people that you know are operating up in the survival mode, here's where we do what's called a pivot turn. And in order to be in focus and be in flow, You actually have to let go, first of all. Ah, I know it's scary. It's okay. (laughs) 
come on in, the water's fine. <laughs> but really what it is, it's a pivot turn in your mind that when you find yourself moving in that direction and you can feel it, when you start to slip into or not slip into, let's call it sucked up into survival mode because it's really like the Tasmanian devil. Remember that cartoon? He was like that little um, like cyclone. He was like a, a cyclone or a tornado. He was like that twister and he would go everywhere and like make massive destruction. That's how I picture survival mode. It's crazy. It's all over and you get sucked up into it. And until you know how to A, recognize it and B, put your anchor leg down so that you can stop it, you're going to stay on that course and you're never going to come out ahead and you usually end up falling farther and farther behind whatever your goals or your targets are. So when you're in that situation, first step is always admitting that you have a problem, right? So it's your Houston, we have a Houston, we have a problem moment. And then putting your anchor leg down and that's making the decision that I'm not staying here. You're doing an, a, an opposite shift with your brain. Instead of survival mode, we're doing what's called a pivot turn. Much like an athletic world, you know, pivot turn, you plant your foot, you turn on the pivot leg. Same thing with your thoughts. You can totally do that. So you switch them from survival mode into thrival mode. And then what you do is you begin making decisions as though you are the person who is in attainment, who's in possession of the thing that you're trying to get or the person that you're aspiring to become. And that may sound kind of crazy because if you're so far away from where that person is or the thing that you want, like the chasm is so wide, you say to yourself, well, I don't even know how in the hell I would ever even make a decision like that person because I don't have the thing. I'm not that person yet. But change begins in your mind. And permanent change completes in your heart. This is why we do, we couple mindset training with what we call heart work. The two of them together make you a freaking indomitable force. That's why we do it and that's what we promote. So I'm taking you through that path of progression. To get into the fact that for you to be able to focus on your goal, you also have to be in a state of readiness to receive it. You actually have to be expectant of your victory, of your miracle. You have to be expectant of it. That will never happen as long as you allow yourself to be consumed in survival mode. It's two opposite planes. Survival mode is, is treading water. Thrival mode is learning how to float, first of all. And it's a very freeing space to be once you learn how to float and once you reach that point where your breathing can relax while you're floating. Do you know what I'm talking about? If, if you've ever been in, even in a pool, but in the ocean or uh, in a lake or, you know, some larger body of water when you eventually reach that point and you feel like you can actually exhale. Or if, when you're going snorkeling, that's another example. Like for you to go under the water, it seems so unnatural for you to breathe that you have to coach yourself down, even to snorkel. This is not even scuba diving. 
snorkeling to, to get yourself to trust yourself that you still have the capacity to breathe as long as the snorkel is above the water. And so what's with that sort of mental command that you then transition yourself from that survival mode into thrival mode. The one thing I can, I will be very repetitive of, and the one commonality I believe in all of my coaching, I'm not sure about other people's experience, but mine is for sure, is that when people come to me as the coach, they're always at a major transition point, always. They are thinking about what they're going to be doing five years from now because they're going to be retiring and they're still young, and they still have a whole lot of piss and vinegar in them. They're not sure how they want to do this. So they're they're in that kind of like getting ready mode, if you would. Or this one is a big one. I, I, I myself come from the medical industry, so it's largely a service industry that you're called into. It's a def, Nursing is a calling. That's where I come from. I come from a nursing background. And People who are my friends are also from the medical industry, but I've got friends who are teachers. I've got friends who are in social services, and I have friends who are in first respondership, and all of those, and there's a whole lot more, I'm just giving the the ready examples here, are individuals who are getting burned out, and there's a lot of badness which is happening inside of those industries where there's some unsafe situations where the decision makers are are not doing their job they're not doing the job on the behalf of the individuals whom they're supposed to be looking out for and that is the people that the nurses the doctors the social workers the teachers are actually serving their patients their kids their patient uh, their children or you know whoever their end user is And unfortunately, when you're in that middle spot, your heart is in that game and you're tied to it and you are built to withstand a lot of chaos and drama and fight for what is good. But eventually what I'm seeing as this major, major trend is that these people who have been in this industry for uh, not even a long time, like five years are noticing like this is, it's not even safe here anymore. And the caliber of people that have come into our organization is horrible. I'm having nightmares. I'm grinding my teeth at night. I can't even sleep at night. I now have reflux disease. Like these people, you have no idea how much mental angst they're going through and how much physical symptoms they have because of the level of stress that they're dealing with not even the people that they're taking care of, care of or serving, but with all of the riffraff associated with their job. And they're at the point where I, I was called into this profession. I, I can't do this anymore though. And they're, and they're beating themselves up because they feel like failures or they feel like maybe I'm supposed to be here because this is where God wants me to be. And I think I could just hold on a little bit longer. And I see with them, and I did the same thing for a long time, was make excuses. Well, maybe it'll get a little bit better if this, 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 and this. And ultimately, what it truly is, it's like a giant abusive relationship. And so those individuals come to me 
when they're at these major points of transition, well, I, this is all I've ever known. I don't know what it is that I would even do next. I've got all this money invested in education leading up to this point. I've accumulated seniority. Like maybe I can just, but I'm here to tell you, like sometimes you reach that end destination and you're there, you've got to make a decision on whether you stay or whether you leave. Same thing if you're in an abusive relationship, like an actual interpersonal relationship, whether this is your marriage, whether this is friends, anything. And before I continue, I always make my disclaimer that if you are uh, in a marriage, I don't subscribe to the, well, this person just isn't, you know, meeting all of my needs and therefore I'm just going to cut them out of my life and file for divorce. Okay. That's not what it is. If you're in a marriage, okay. The covenant of marriage, I believe it's a covenant. A lot of my coaching concepts would apply, but there's more, there's additional coaching that we do when you're at the transition point with your marriage. Okay. The only other thing that applies here is when we enter issues where you are, you or your children or your people are in imminent danger okay then the expectation is you get yourself to safety you involve the proper authorities or organizations or groups whatever it is that you need okay and then we move on from there okay so I just want to paint out some of the things because they get a lot of big, big, big transition people or people who are at big, big, big transition points. And I want to be sure that I give your situation as much sensitivity as I can while speaking in a general form. Okay. Obviously knowing that when you and I coach on a one-on-one basis, everything is constructed to you. And obviously I learn the details of your situation and, you know, we map out things, you know, how do we get your mind to be in that state of calm and push your focus into a point where you're able to make decisions from a place of peace and power. And as though you're that person who, again, has already achieved that goal or that person who is the thing that you're aspiring to become. That's It sounds kind of twisted if you've never been through it, but that's actually the process that we go through. On my end, it's very much like a triaging process. So triage is if you've ever been to an emergency room, okay, again, I'm I'm retired ER nurse. This is what I did for a living. Is the triage nurse is the person that you see when you walk in who basically is the one to decide, are you going to be dying in the next five minutes can you sit there until you rot or do you fall somewhere in the middle? Okay, <laughs> that's, that's the job of the triage nurse. And if you've ever been around us, we're very unemotional during that. We ask a lot of questions and we're very, very, very direct in our question asking, right? We don't like the fluff. We just, we, we need to get to the pearl. We don't, we don't need reasons why. We don't care. If you use drugs, like we, we're not, we're just assuming that you do. We know that you do. So we don't ask you if we ask you what drugs you use or when the last time you use. Like we want the information because we know that we're going to find out anyway. You're just, if you are honest with us, you're just going to save us about three hours and probably about $10,000 <laughs> for the insurance company or whoever's going to be paying. 
okay? <laughs> so there you get an example of where I'm coming from in a little bit of, of my humor, okay? So, but that's what it's like as a coach is that when you and I sit down initially for what is essentially a consultation, for me, it's largely a listening session. And after that, it's my asking you questions because I'm able to see a lot of patterns or commonalities between different, like we coach you on six key areas of your life, I can see those patterns in there. And oftentimes you can't because you're in the shit. You're in the survival mode. And if I can remind you, (laughs) almost every time I talk, I have to bring up the nervous system because it rocks. But when you're in stress, when you're in that survival mode, if you think about what happens to things like peripheral vision when you're under stress, think about it. I didn't have any, I only saw, I didn't see anything. Exactly. You lose peripheral vision when you're under stress. So that applies to just your physical situational awareness but it also applies to your ability to like creatively think. And I hate saying the word think outside of the box because I don't believe there's any flipping box, but you don't see landscape view. You don't see creative solutions to your problems because you're not stepping out of the situation. You're in it. You're in the forest, right? You can't see the forest or the trees. Like you're in the middle of it. So all you can see are tree trunks. You don't see that the leaves are changing or you don't see open patches in the forest where the sun can come in. You don't see where the lakes and the rivers are. You only see the tree trunk, which is in front of you. Does that make sense? And so with us, what we train you to do through the coaching, coaching is not like couch time. It's not like therapy. What we do is we train you, again, with tactics and strategies on how to champion your goals. But nine times out of 10, what that involves is your being able to have mental command of your situation. Even when excuse my language, the shit hits the fan. You're able to command your emotionality. You're, you are able to be cool, cool, calm, and collected at, at the most stressful times. So that when it comes down to you making a decision on whether to leave or to stay at a job or in a career, When it comes down to you're in charge of a group of people and temperature is rising, things are getting hot, there's a lot of conflict going on, there's a problem on the the horizon there, and your team or your people look to you, you're standing strong. There is nothing worse than when you are responsible for people and they, if you look, they always look to the leader. And if the leader quivers, if the leader shows not emotion, if the leader shows a state of uncertainty, people pick up on fear like animals do. It's a primal instinct. Babies do this. Think about this. I mean, how many times have you ever been around kids or talked to moms or seen it, you know, just as a, as a bystander or third party where the mom was anxious and all of a sudden the baby just starts crying and is virtually inconsolable. 
even if the mom's not yelling, even if the mom is herself not crying, the baby can pick that on that up because it's energy. Energy doesn't lie. That's why they say bees will always swarm around their victim because they can sense fear. Same thing with sharks. I do not shark dive, (laughs) but when I I read about these people who do, they always say, well, if you act like, what do they say? If you act like food, if you act like prey, they treat you like prey. But if you don't, then they don't bother with you. Okay. It doesn't make me want to go shark diving anytime soon. That's for damn sure. But the point of the matter is, is it comes down to you being in a very specific state. One is in a state of flow. Okay. Where you become responsive. You're like water. Like you just, you're in a vat of, you know, of what the vessel and all of a sudden maybe The vessel has like a little door that opens up on the side and it's a tunnel that that moves to another vessel. Okay, so it's flow and you just just kind of swish through there. Does that make sense? You're in flow. Same thing if you're floating on top of the water. You're just in flow. Or if you've ever played sports and you're in the zone, Do you ever see people, if you've never played sports, maybe you've watched football players or people who are very much, and I'm not talking intensity of rage, I'm talking about an athlete's ability to anticipate where the opponent is going to throw the ball, which way they're going to move, so that they already start in motion that by the time that opponent is already in that way, they're there making the tackle and the guy didn't even know to expect it. They're in flow. You can't make that sort of high level response when you are stressed out in survival mode. It literally does not work. Now, everybody's been trained to different levels of stress, right? I would say if you're coming from emergency background, then it obviously, like you're groomed into very, very high levels of stress, but the best practitioners do not operate from a point of stress, even though we're responsible for people's lives. The family may be freaking out. The patients themselves may be freaking out. Maybe some of the other people on the staff are freaking out, but the best practitioners remain calm. And if you watch them and listen to them, quiet. Because that allows more information to come in and you're actually switching yourself from that state of high stress into the opposite side of your nervous system, which actually works like a braking mechanism. It allow, it's like the chill pill of your, nerve, of your nervous system. And it restores peripheral vision. It improves your ability to hear information. And also the unspoken word. So body language posture, breathing, all of that kind of stuff. It improves your verbal articulation. 
So instead of being like a stuttering fool, or switching yourself into like, and then like, you're just like talking nonstop. You know, the people are fucking stressed out when they start talking like that. You take back your power, you're in flow. And now, even though the situation may be grave and very serious, you're very clear in your communication. You're very calm. You're able to make very, very high-level decisions. You're able to bring in some creative juice. And you're able to more effectively lead others. And what happens is you actually draw people into your peace rather than allowing yourself to get sucked up into the chaos. That's where you want to be, right? You want to be in that state of flow. You want to be in the state of responsiveness, not reactivity. Reactivity is... If you take a menthos candy and you put it in a bottle of Coca-Cola or Pepsi and you shake that thing up, you have an explosion. That's reactivity. That never solves, (laughs) that really does not help you lead people, let me put it to you that way. Okay? But responding to a situation. When the stakes are high. And this is even something that you do for yourself because you always have to lead yourself first. So when you're negotiating and navigating through stressful times and as a person, as a woman who left a nursing career where I had 20 years invested, 20 to zero, I left and started my own company. with nothing. All right. I had already declared bankruptcy. I had already transitioned myself onto a full cash operation. I do not have any credit cards. Obviously, you know, after bankruptcy, like there was that whole thing. Then the economy was just in a terrible flux. I mean, I get it there. I mean, there's like Shit gets real when you cut off your income source. (laughs) So I, I would never tell you to do anything that I have not either personally done and maybe don't have to do anymore. Or I would always hope that I could coach you with your best interest at heart. Okay. And not just, I never, ever, ever want you to make decisions like a cowboy. I like you to be my, this is your life we're talking about, for goodness sakes. These are big time decisions. But what I do encourage you to do is to take back your power and remember who the F you are. One of the biggest questions when you're getting ready to shift and you're either stalling or your mind is on overload or your focus is completely fuzzy It helps if you have some things in place, all right, to help pull yourself out of there. But if this is becoming a chronic thing, like you got to ask yourself, why? Why is this even happening? I don't know. Is there something that you are afraid of? I mean, what's honestly the worst thing that could happen? 
I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. Okay, well, if you did know, what would it be? Well, I'm afraid that if I quit this job, nobody's going to hire me because I'm 40 years old. Okay. Is that really the worst thing? Well, no. (laughs) Okay, see what I'm saying? So here's what I'm going to suggest, okay? When you're talking about making decisions from a place of peace and power, okay? This is the opposite of making fear-based decisions. There's fear-based decisions and then there's peace and power decisions. The first thing you need to remember is the fact that you are always in the driver's seat and you always have a choice. Now, hold on. I know I say this all the time. You may not like consequences to certain choices, but when you get down to the knit and grit of it, you always have a choice. Own that. You either choose to leave or you choose to stay. Own that. I am choosing to stay. But I know but. Okay? It's that it's that short. Okay? You're getting the ER side of me now. It's it's literally this short. I am choosing to stay or I'm leaving. I'm choosing to leave. There's no explanation. That's the end of it. That's the end. There is not there's no discussion. That's it. I am leaving. I am staying. Own your position. And give yourself some sort of a timeline. And make sure that you've got some clear goals. What are your goals? It's the same teaching that we come back to all the time. Well, I don't know what my goals are. I don't know. Okay. Well, if you don't know what your goals are, that means you do not have any targets. And how are you supposed to hit a target if you don't know what it is or where it's at? Would you honestly go to the shooting range or the archery range and just fire the gun or shoot the arrow into an abyss and then walk up to something and just be like, wow, I didn't even hit the target. I don't even know where where that paper thing is or the silhouette of the person is. I mean, how ridiculous, it sounds ridiculous. I put it that way on purpose because you're adding too much, too much, it's inflated what you're what you're making about your life it's too inflated make it simple do you have a target yes or no what is it and where is it okay i don't know okay i'm going to present to you one last thing and maybe that's literally this perhaps your mind <laughs> is so full, we need to, what we call, put a little peep valve on this thing. I can't help but bring up like my medical background. It's just easier for me to use that terminology. So a peep valve is something that it allows extra pressure to escape. Let me say it to you that way. So if we're like squeezing that bag and giving you air, you know, to breathe for you. If there's a lot of pressure in your lungs and we're trying to just like blast this air down your throat, we could pop your lungs by doing that. So the bag has this built-in safety feature. Beep, it like makes this little like 
escape or if you have what we call a sucking chest wound every time you like a hole in your chest and every time you take a breath in like you got air moving in through like all these different spaces and we actually create a valve like on like if we were to put a bandage on that a way for air to escape so that your your chest doesn't just fill up with air and you actually turn into a human balloon and you die from it so it's a peep valve it's a way for air to escape if you will and that's what we do with your brain without drilling holes in it Okay, but what we do is we get you to sit down and focus. And sometimes all that is, is getting you into a quiet environment where we have zero distractions. There's no cell phones. There's no Instagram. There's no Facebook. There's no TV. There's no dog. There's no significant other. There's no texting. There's no nothing. And we start at the very beginning. What are your goals? I don't even know. (laughs) And then we go through the six areas of your life. It's your relationships. It's your health and fitness. It's your purpose on the planet. And we pull it out from there. Obviously, we can't go through that whole thing on a podcast. I mean, this is something that takes a little bit of time. And sensitivity to your own situation. But there's a little bit of process there for you. But the one thing is this. As you're moving through, okay, and you make your decision. I'm leaving. Or I'm in survival mode. I need to pony up here and put myself in thrival mode. How do I do this? Okay, so this is next level. All that other stuff, if it has not been resolved, that, honest to God, is when you contact me for what's called a consultation and strategic coaching session. Because if we can't get your your mind to be clear in order to move forward with this next part, this next part is never going to, quote unquote, work. It won't be effective because we've not handled the basis, the basement of it. Okay? So this is where we start on a level foundation, all right? I am in survival mode. I recognize this. Houston, I have a problem. I'm putting my anchor leg down here and now I'm pulling myself out and I'm choosing to be in thrival mode. Thrival mode. T-H-R-I-V-A-L. Thrival. All right. So that's abundance. That's prosperity. That's that's the positive realm. That's having goals and, and obtaining them. That's moving forward. That's making things better for yourself. It's not conflict-free, all right? But it's, it's casting your line far ahead and then pulling that future towards you, if you will. Okay? But in order to do that, you literally have to change what we call your vibrational frequency. For it to really happen, you actually have to be expectant of your victory. You have to be expectant of your miracle. And it's the difference between certainty and uncertainty. When you're in flow, you honestly, you don't, it's, it's almost like you don't have time for uncertainty. Or you don't have time for the thing never to happen. Like it never even enters your brain. When you're in flow, you are so dialed in you're basically in like production mode. I'm making this thing happen. 
There is nothing that's going to be a distraction for me. I, we're, this, this, this ship is moving forward. Does that make sense? But what it requires of you is to start training yourself and training your brain into a state of expectancy so that it's not if this thing happens, it's when this thing happens. And here's the difference, okay? You can actually feel the difference inside. So here's going to be an example for you. And if you've coached with me before, then this is going to be a great refresher for you. And if you're new, this is going to be awesome. Something that it just takes five seconds. It honestly switches you. And you're going to know whether or not you're in a state of expectancy or if you're not, and you're still going to be prone to be making fear-based decisions. Okay, our goal is always to make decisions from a place of peace and power. Okay, so here's what it's going to actually feel like. So if you would, wherever you are, if you're sitting or if you're standing, I want you to slouch down. Okay, like really slouch down, like make your head slouch down. Like you're looking towards the ground. Okay, slouch, you know, slouch forward, lean forward with your chest. A little bit farther even. I don't want you folded over like a tabletop. I want you slouched. Okay? Now, one thing to take note of here, I want you to note the ease of your breath. How easy is it? Stay in the slouch position and try to take in a deep breath. It's hard, right? There's a lot of resistance there. I want you to feel like in the center of your chest and see if you can detect where it feels weak, if you will. I mean, do you feel in this position, maybe this is a better question, do you feel like you are in your position of power? No, there's like vulnerability all over the place. You can't expand your chest. You can't take a deep breath. You can't see up because your head is down. You can't see behind you. So you're vulnerable from posterior attack, from attack from behind. This is not the best place for you to be. You cannot make decisions strong decisions from a place of peace and power slouch down like that. Okay? That's what it feels like. Now, conversely, what I want you to do is I want you to sit up taller. Okay? Or if you're standing, stand up taller. I want you to stand, like elongate your torso, draw your shoulder blades down and back, and draw in your abdominals. Okay, keep your head like up neutral, like your eyes are exactly forward. Make sure that your, you know, your head is not jutted forward, like you're standing up straight. Okay, now take in a deep breath. How much easier is that? Way easier, right? So now you've got goodness happening because you can actually breathe, all right, which means you're delivering oxygen, which is required. (laughs) for life, but also for creative thought and serious thought and high-level decision-making. And muscularly, you're you're physically in a position of power. Can you feel that shift between what you felt like when you were slouched and what you feel like when you're you're standing or sitting up straight and erect? It's markedly different. That's the same, with that comes like an energy shift, 
okay? That's the same sort of shift that you've got to be in the practice of achieving in your mind when you're in survival mode, when shit gets real, or when you're trucking along happy as a clam and all of a sudden something jumps up from behind the bush and you're like, what the hell is this? You have to be able to command that emotionality and put yourself back in that place of power so that you can make high-level executive decisions about your present and about your future. And this could be anything. This doesn't even have to be career change. This can go back to the origin, the purpose of this podcast is put yourself in that position to have the power to take, take the action steps on executing your goal. Maybe your goal is to run a marathon. Bless you who want to do that. <laughs> That's not me. <laughs> okay. And maybe... Maybe you love to run, but maybe it's been so long since you've run, or maybe you're overweight, and now when you walk, you're in so much pain, and you merely just avoid doing the whole thing because you hurt physically, you don't want people to see you walking around the block. I mean, this has application to literally every aspect of life, every industry, every situation. It always comes down to you whether or not you choose to master the moment. And again, this is not you not having feelings. What this is, is being in command of your emotionality. The wide, the wide ends of the spectrum where you're always crying or you're always in a fit of rage or you're always saying something rather than pausing before you choose to respond. Do you know what I'm saying? And so this is part of that grooming process. I mean, let's face it. Life is scary. Life, I don't care how good the economy is. It eventually comes around and it like kicks you in your teeth. And when you're down, it takes everything in you sometimes just to even stand back up again, much less move forward. Change is never easy taking on a new initiative, a new goal. It's never easy. But it's never your circumstances. It's who you are in the face of those circumstances that determines your outcome. And when you know how to play that game, and that's all that it is, it's the mental game of switching yourself from victim to victor. From breaking down to bossing up. To stumbling, from stumbling to standing up. That happens in your mind. And sometimes I think people get a little intimidated because then you look at people who are professional at doing this or who are experts at doing this and you may think like, holy hell. I could never be like that. I guarantee you that if you know strong people like that, those people have been built. Okay? They started out as a baby, just like everybody else, 
And that's true. There's people who are born with certain character traits and people who seem to be fearless from a very, very young age. But the strongest people are the ones who have been built through trials and adversity. True or false? True. So don't envy them because you don't know what it took that person to get there. All you see is the finished product. That doesn't mean that they don't have times like this though too. And to that regard, I also coach very, very high level producers people who are the strongest of the strong, who have survived horrible situations. And every person, myself included, reaches a point where you are at your lid, or you have lost your focus, or you are not productive, you're spinning your wheels. To this day, I still have coaches. You always have to have some avenue of outlet. Even when you're by yourself, you still have God. What? Okay, what you should know if this is your first time on the podcast is that I bring in every dimension of your life. What happened with me was I always had God kind of in my life, but then as I walked through that entrepreneurial, the switch from having a job as a nurse to I didn't even do it gradually. I did it. I ripped the damn band-aid off. I cut the freaking cord and just dove in. <laughs> in 2008, like, could there be a worse time? And there was during that time, like, you start, when you start having financial problems, it impacts every area of your life. And again, I made those choices. Could I have done it a different way? Of course, there's always a bazillion different ways, but I know myself. I'm not the let's kind of do things gradual girl. I'm the rip the band-aid off type. I'm the, I don't give a shit how bad this is going to hurt. I want to do it right. I want to immerse myself and I want to do this full-fledged. I don't care how bad it hurts. And I'm here to tell you, it hurt pretty bad. (laughs) It hurt pretty bad. You lose your social circle, you lose all kinds of things. And what ended up happening was I went through this great period of solitude. And I tell you that it was only by the grace of God that I made it through. Because there's a difference, I should, it's not even solitude, it was complete isolation. Like I had my phone turned off. I mean, I, I was literally by myself. It was horrible. It was so damn scary. And so the reason why I am here today is only because of God. That is literally it. There is no other reason. I didn't have food. I mean, I had, I say that not because I care to even talk about it anymore. It's like, it's, I'm, I'm past that phase now, but I'm bringing that up so that wherever you are on the spectrum of growth or change or transition, transformation, whatever, like you, you're not so far gone. That's all I'm here to say. But when you're by yourself and oftentimes when you're in that transition period and you do not have an established inner circle as I did not. And don't get me wrong, I have a, there's a lot of people out there who I know love me, but I did not have an established inner circle. The only person that I had was God. You'll find the stronger your leadership skills are, 
the smaller your circle becomes because you become the point person. You're the person because of your level of strength and command of emotionality, your ability to make very, very high level situations under immense stress and pressure that may or may not involve your life, but maybe others. Who you can go to is very limited because people don't think like you. So there's, there's not like an intellectual or a thinking pattern match for you out there, except for other high dimension leaders. And perhaps you haven't found those people yet. That's where I was. I didn't know where those people were. The only person that I had, and this is not meant to minimize God in any way, it was God. But it's very difficult when you're having conversations with thin air, is what it looks like from the outside. Obviously, I'm talking with the big man himself. It doesn't get any better than that. But I'm talking out loud to thin air as though I, he's sitting right there. And he is, but there's no physical person there. I bring that avenue in so that even when you're alone, you realize that you're honestly not alone. You have God who is there with you. Part of what happened with the Transformation Gold Coaching and Training Academy was I started out with two separate business models. I actually had a, a fitness model and then I built out a, a food service initially, which was a gluten-free and allergen-free baking line. And I put a fitness leg on there because I thought if I'm making all these cookies, <laughs> I want my employees to be fat from eating cookies. So I need to have healthy things for them. <laughs> this is really true. And I wanted to have personal and professional development for them because I loved it so much myself. And I thought, all right, well, if these employees don't stay, at least I'll be pumping better people out into the world. And if they do stay, well, then I've developed them and I'm not going to have the cancers in my organization <laughs> that most other organizations face. And what happened then was I was, you know, just going about my way and talking about different things and it wasn't for me, am I ever going to be successful? That was never, I swear to you, this is not meant to be egocentric or, or cocky in any way. I've never doubted my capacity to do things before. I've sometimes been tainted by negativity. And when you're flooded by people who are always pushing on you and telling you, you, well, you always do this and you never do this. Like it starts to brainwash you after a while. And it's imperative that you pull yourself out of those environments. But at my core, I never doubted my ability to be successful or attain the goal. I've always been in a state of expectancy, but there was a big period of time after I decided you know what, this whole cookie thing, I'm not really sure that I even really want to do it. It's really not enough to wake me up out of bed in the morning. I actually prefer development. So I enjoyed developing the baking line and the, and like the business, like the operational aspect of, you know, what are our capabilities until we get, you know, production wise until we get a facility. And then if we have the facility, then how do we make sure that there's no peanuts and eggs and dairy that come like that? I like to do that. But overall, I like developing people. And so I shut down that food aspect of it. But then there was this whole low like, well, I know I can be successful, but what am I going to do? 
right? Because I came from the nursing industry. I was called into the nursing. I never even wanted to be a nurse, which is how I know I was called into that. But what else am I going to do? I didn't know. But I was certain about the fact that whatever it was, I have the work ethic to actually do the stuff. And I have God, who I know always gets me to where I need to be. Not without, you know, cut scrapes and bruises, but I arrive at the end destination. Right? <laughs> and then on to the next. But that's the level of certainty that you have to have. You have to be expectant of it. And that's something that you can feel physically like we did with the slouching exercise versus, versus the sitting or standing up exercise. That's the shift. And so you can take that away with you when you are moving into survival mode. Put yourself physically into a position of power. Stand up. Sit up. Take some deep breaths. Remember who the F you are. And probably at the end of the day, you can take my triage point with you on how do you really determine if something is an emergency and deserves your utmost, you know, freak outism. Okay, it goes like this. Are you dying? Yes or no? Or is anybody dying? Let's start with there. Is anybody dying? Yes or no? No? Then it's not an emergency. Okay? Are you dying? Or is anybody dying? Yes or no? Yes. Is it you? No. Then it's not your emergency. You laugh, okay? But that's true, okay? That's how I thought as a healthcare practitioner, and that's why I never freaked out, no matter how bad the situation was. Why? Because I'm very clear on who I am serving. I'm there to serve the patient in front of me. I'm here to work collaboratively and build a team with my fellow peers. Can't do that if I'm in freak out mode. Can't do that if I've got the family who's, who's you know, crying that their, their two-year-old was just hit by a car and doesn't have a pulse. If they sense fear in me, they're going to lay on top of their kid because now they're questioning whether or not they brought that baby to the right facility. I can't have that happen. Okay? So you're in a state of certainty. You prepare yourself for the opportunity. You prepare yourself for the next situation or the next thing that you're, that you're moving towards. But it comes down to you, your mindset, and your readiness to be expectant of your victory and of your miracle. And I just showed you how to do that. That's the starting point. So we're getting ready to wrap up tonight's podcast. I mean, that time went so fast. I'm so grateful that you were here with us tonight. Again, if this is Nicole DiVincentis. If you know of anybody who could receive value from the content that we deliver, please invite them on this podcast. We're up here on Anchor FM. We're on Apple iTunes. We're on Google Music, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You just search Transformation Gold podcast or you can ask Siri or Alexa to do it for you. I thank you again for joining us. I look forward to being with you next time. Make it a great day, great night, whatever time it is by you. And go out there and carpe your damn diem. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you everybody. Bye-bye.